Good morning, ladies. What a beautiful, cloudy morning it is today, and I'm so happy to be here. Like Beth said, I am a fifth and sixth grade teacher. I have 20 students in my class this year. 15 of them are boys. <laughs> it appears my male-to-female ratio is decidedly different this morning, so that is a welcome change for me. If, however, I happen to notice any roughhousing or any of you tackling anybody else in the aisle or anyone making any unnecessary bodily noises, <laughs> I do know how to switch to my teacher face real quick if I need to bring order back to this assembly. So you've been warned. Just be glad I didn't bring my whiteboard and a marker to start taking down names. But wow, look at this room. Look at the tables and all the beautiful decorations. The Christmas season is definitely upon us. It feels like no sooner have I ferreted out and secretly consumed all the Reese cups out of my kids' trick-or-treat bags that suddenly it's go time for Christmas. I know that I'm doing a good work by dispatching with all of my kids' Reese cups, however, not because they don't like them, they do, but because they're wrapped in fall colors. No one wants fall-colored Reese cups languishing around the house during the Christmas season. You're welcome, family. <laughs> but it's while I'm still actively picking chocolate and peanut butter out of my teeth that every year I start to note the changes taking place around me. White and multicolored lights springing up throughout my neighborhood. Pumpkins and mums getting replaced with potted pines and poinsettias and Christmas music being piped throughout my usual shops and stores. Oh, I'm aware of what the proper response to Christmas music in November is. I know that it's acceptable to give a little moan, throw a slight eye roll, and remark that we should all just buckle in and get used to the constant barrage of seasonal tunes for the next two months, but secretly, and I guess now not so secretly, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love Christmas music. When I was a kid, I loved Thanksgiving for many reasons. But if we're being honest, other than my mom's rice dressing and her homemade cranberry relish, the main reason I loved Thanksgiving was because the day after Thanksgiving signaled the beginning of the Christmas season in our house, and not one day earlier according to the rules of the committee, the committee being my dad. So, the day after Thanksgiving was when the Christmas tree would go up and the Christmas records could be trotted out. For me, there's just nothing quite like being enveloped in the sounds of Christmas. Listening to these songs of the season or having a Christmas playlist, if you will, has always been an integral part of my life. If you can get your hands on an album called The Little Drummer Boy, A Christmas Festival, performed by the Harry Simeone Chorale, it is truly Christmas gold. The album is from 1966, and it is loaded with all the best hymns, such as Silent Night, O Come All Ye Faithful, Joy to the World, and many others sung by a full choir with an orchestra. The awesome Christmas feels begin right away, though, with the choir performing a song called Sing We Now of Christmas. There are few songs that can instantly get me ready for the season like this one can. I admit to also having a bit of a soft spot for some of the fluffier Christmas tunes as well. There is something so deliciously snuggly about Let It Snow, as long as the line, and since we've no place to go, holds true. 
If it's not true, then I better already have my snow tires put on, or I would kindly ask the snow to hold off until I am at home and safely curled up in front of a fire that's so delightful. At that point, snow, do your worst, but please be convincing enough for a day off so that I actually have no place to go. <laughs> I also admit to my guilty pleasure of enjoying Bobby Helms's Jingle Bell Rock as well as Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree from 1957 and 1958, respectively. I'm telling you, my love of Christmas music is diverse. Having said that, however, I do find it necessary to qualify my love for Christmas music by explaining that not all Christmas music is created equal. Some Christmas music should, in fact, be forever removed entirely from the Christmas music lexicon, never to be seen or heard from again, or shall I say, canceled. <laughs> yes, ladies, despite my deep and abiding love for Christmas music of all kinds, there are a few songs that, in my opinion, most definitely deserve to be canceled. The first song landing itself on my cancellation list year after year is, of course, The 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> and if I could just work backwards from day 12, I think I might be able to bring some clarity as to why exactly I feel that this song needs to be scrapped. Let's start with the 12 drummers drumming and the 11 pipers piping that my supposed true love gave to me. Like, who needs more noise in their life? I teach fifth and sixth grade. I do not need any more racket in my life. This person who calls himself my true love does not love me. In fact, he may be actively seeking my quick demise by hiring 23 noisemakers to follow me around in a weak attempt to celebrate the season. Let me save you some money, true love, if that is in fact your real name. These 12 drummers drumming and 11 pipers piping better come with a gift receipt because they are going straight back to whatever spirit Halloween pop-up store they came from, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Just saying, not good. Ten lords a-leaping and nine ladies dancing. I got kids of my own, two boys and a girl, who jump in my face and spin and twirl constantly year-round. No need to add more to the list as a special holiday treat. Hard pass, thanks. Eight maids a-milking. Now, if you could have those eight maids drop the a-milking gig and just show up at my house to cook, <laughs> clean, and do laundry every week, now that I would accept. Now maybe you can call yourself my true love. <laughs> but then what did you do with that privileged true love? You went and sabotaged it by also delivering seven swans, six geese, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge, whatever that is. <laughs> I assure you, true love, these creatures appear nowhere on my or any sane person's Christmas wish list. The only person who has these creatures on any list at all is the park ranger running the local bird sanctuary, okay? <laughs> there is no way any true love of mine mistook the word Roomba on my wish list <laughs> for a horde of noise-making, jumping, twirling grown-ups accompanied by cage after cage of screeching, flapping birds. <laughs> You all know what a Roomba is, right? One of those robotic vacuums that drives around your house and does all the work for you? Yeah, this ain't that, true love. And yes, 
I can hear my fifth and sixth graders right now saying, but Mrs. Durant, Mrs. Durant, you forgot about the five golden rings. You'd want five golden rings, right? And to that I say, nope, I deal with that and more every time I go to scrub the toilets in my house. So <laughs> no good, I'm thanks. That's where the eight maids would come in handy or the Roomba that was actually on my list. So yeah, this list of gifts basically constitutes a nightmare for me rather than any sort of Christmas blessing. Suffice it to say, 12 days of Christmas, you are canceled. Don't even bother showing up this year. Your presence is not welcome. The other song that, in my opinion, deserves to be removed from the holiday lexicon is predictably Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Now, I, I understand there are basically two camps of beliefs regarding the existence of this song. That is, you either love it or you feel that it should reside permanently on the ash heap of musical history, never to be seen or heard from again. As you have probably guessed, I am in the latter group. <laughs> to me, this song represents all things cringe concerning the holidays. Let's discuss. <laughs> Our girl Mariah starts the song by talking about what she wants for Christmas. The song begins, I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. You can almost hear Santa in the background going, great, put her down for a Roomba. Next. <laughs> but no. She goes on to say that she doesn't care about what's under her tree. She doesn't need to hang her stocking by the fireplace. She's not going to wish for snow, and she's not even going to make a list and send it to the North Pole. Now, if we could just stop and focus on that last part for just a second, and it's quite possible that no one sat her down and had the Santa Claus chat with her just yet, and that's fine, but this is getting a little uncomfortable. I don't want to be the one who accidentally lets it slip that Santa isn't real, but looks like I've gone and done just that. But anyway, setting aside reality for just a minute, let's focus on what exactly she is asking Santa for. And living up here in chilly Vermont, I'm thinking Mariah could almost be forgiven if by all I want for Christmas is you, she's referring to a remote car starter or perhaps this year's fresh new flannel pattern. But no, it's a dude. She's asking Santa to gift her a dude, right on her doorstep. It's like she checked all the boxes when confirming her delivery. Yes, deliver him on Christmas morning. Yes, right outside my door. And yes, he should be standing. All right. So let's say Santa comes through for her and delivers this poor guy straight to her doorstep. Y'all and I both know what's inevitably going to happen. Within the first 20 minutes of him being at her house, dude's going to put the football game on, slurp his coffee weird, and probably also leave the toilet seat up. <laughs> Poor Mariah's going to be looking around thinking, man, I should have just asked for a Roomba. <laughs> I promise that's my last toilet joke. But what about this poor unnamed guy? On Christmas Eve, he goes to bed contentedly single. The next thing he knows, he's cold and shivering while standing in his flannel jammies on the doorstep of a very enthusiastic woman with backup singers and dancers. <laughs> it's probably all he can do not to be like, yeah, girl, I'm into you too, but wow, you really need to dial it back a bit, right? And also, did I misspell Roomba? Because this is not what I asked for. 
And then you know he'll have to spend the rest of Christmas backpedaling and equivocating on what he said so as not to hurt her feelings and assure her that he's super happy to be there, but also he did just ask for a Roomba. (laughs) Can we just not with this song? I think that today we should all agree to never again blow the dust off this gem of a tune. I think I've proven why I feel like all I want for Christmas is you deserves to be canceled. One thing is certain, I don't think any of us will listen to that song the same way again. (laughs) This short list is by no means exhaustive. There are several others that have landed themselves a spot in the esteemed cancellation category. A few of these honorable mentions are Paul McCartney's Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. I don't feel like any explanation is necessary here. Chipmunk Song by Alvin and the Chipmunks. We do not have time. And Feliz Navidad. Fun fact, no one actually knows the words to Feliz Navidad. We all pretend to, but no one really does. So unless you are legitimately bilingual, which I am not, Please do not attempt to sing this Christmas song. Feliz Navidad is strictly limited to the smart people in the room, and it is canceled for everyone else. (laughs) So, having firmly established just a few of the Christmas songs I do not feel should ever again see the light of day, let me share with you a few more of the songs that absolutely make it onto my personal Christmas playlist every year. As I mentioned earlier, when I was growing up, The Christmas season in our home officially began the day after Thanksgiving. Autumn decorations were retired for the year, pumpkins and gourds were tossed into the woods, and Christmas festivities would commence. This was, of course, the day when all of the Christmas records holding all of the glorious Christmas music would be trotted out and enjoyed for the next month. Now, a record, for those of you who were born after the year 1985, is, according to Google, A thin plastic or vinyl disc carrying recorded sound, especially music, in grooves on each surface for reproduction by a record player. I understand this now necessitates the definition of a record player, which is, again according to Google, an instrument for reproducing sounds by means of the vibration of a needle following a groove on a rotating disc. One of the peculiarities of this contraption, a record player, is that you absolutely cannot jump or have any sudden movements around or anywhere near this piece of machinery for fear of scratching the vinyl, which then causes the record to skip. Case in point, one of the snuggliest recitations of Twas the Night Before Christmas is performed by Perry Como, and it begins like this. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house, not even a mouse." (laughs) Clearly, someone in our house broke the committee's rules about sudden movements around the record player. It was years before I ever actually heard the part about not a creature was stirring. (laughs) Things made a lot more sense then. Object lesson, don't jump around the record player. It changes the course of history. And my parents didn't have just any record player. They had a record changer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, you know what I'm talking about. A record changer was different from a record player in that it allowed you to stack upwards of five or more records at once, and then it would play side A of the bottom record on the stack, 
Then the changer would automatically drop the next record in the stack to play the whole of side A, and so on, until the whole stack of records was played. At that point, one would then carefully lift the entire stack of records up and off the spindle and then flip it so that the B-sides could be listened to. We had an amazing recording of Handel's Messiah created especially for a record changer. My childhood Christmas seasons were reliably saturated with all 53 movements of this glorious oratorio, with some of my favorite movements being Comfort Ye My People, performed by a solo tenor, as well as And the Glory of the Lord and the Hallelujah Chorus, performed by the full choir. To this day, my Christmas season cannot be fully realized until I have listened to the entirety of Handel's Messiah at least once. And there were so many other wonderful tunes. Another favorite record of mine was, of course, the Andy Williams Christmas album. This record was usually played first, both throughout my childhood and now. And this was by design so that I could begin the Christmas season with perhaps one of the greatest Christmas songs ever written. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, there were so many other amazing records. Albums like Christmas Carols on Holiday Strings and Silent Night and other hymns performed by George Beverly Shea. He was a man who would tour with Billy Graham on his crusades. I actually met him once. There was 25 Great Songs of Christmas performed by the Robert Shaw Chorale. Great Songs of Christmas by great artists of our time. Artists like Dinah Shore, Danny Kaye, Doris Day, and Sammy Davis Jr., and there were two different Perry Como records, a Sesame Street Christmas album, a Christmas album with Salty the Singing Songbook, if you know, you know, <laughs> and even an album called A Christmas Together featuring John Denver and the Muppets. <laughs> and it's on this album that one song in particular always stood out for me. The name of the song is Merry Christmas, Little Zachary and it was written by John Denver for his adopted son, Zachary. Verses two and three of this song say, O oh, little angel, shining light, you've set my soul to dreaming. You've given back my joy in life and filled me with new meaning. A savior king was born that day, a baby just like you. As the wise men came with gifts, I've come with my gift too. But then his song takes on a bit of a sad tone as he sings, it's just a wish, a dream I'm told one day when I was young, before he's joined by Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, and the whole gang to sing, Merry Christmas, little Zachary. Merry Christmas, everyone. As the listener, I'm moved that John Denver loved this young boy so much that he adopted him and gave him his name. He gave him a new life and he immortalized him in song. Yet I'm saddened that he could not put his full weight down on the truth of the Christmas message. This beautiful story is so much more than a wish or a dream. Ladies, I'm here this morning to tell you that the story of Christmas is a 100% certainty. It is absolutely true. Andy Williams is right. This is the most wonderful time of the year. But why? Let me read to you the first verse of my favorite Christmas hymn. We sung it earlier today. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Most of us are familiar with that hymn, 
And also with the general story of Christmas about Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus being born, you've probably all heard at one time or another the words to this well-known hymn, Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. But this then begs the question, why? Why was he born? While this is a sweet picture of a loving family, why is Andy Williams still right? How can celebrating the birth of one baby for centuries still qualify as the most wonderful time of the year? Well, let's look at another one of my favorite hymns that makes it to my Christmas playlist each year. Listen to these words. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. Long-expected? I know that nine months can seem interminable when you're pregnant, but was someone else other than Mary and Joseph expecting the birth of Jesus? The hymn continues, From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Ah, rest. Blessed, peaceful, glorious rest can be found through the birth of this precious baby Jesus. You see, God the Father is perfect. He is holy and righteous and just, but we, all of us, we're sinners. All of us are guilty of thinking things, saying things, or doing things that are displeasing to God. However, amid that darkness and the uncleanness of our sin, Christ burst onto the scene that first Christmas morning. Verses 3 and 4 of O Little Town of Bethlehem say this, How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, O Lord Emmanuel. And descend to us, he did that wonderful Christmas morning. That holy child, that dear Christ, humbled himself and ultimately became the iniquity, the sin of us all. And he accomplished that by dying on the cross. When Christ offered up himself on the cross, he became the only and perfect sacrifice, the punishment that our sins deserve. But Christ also has victory over sin and over death because he didn't stay dead. On the third day following his crucifixion, God the Father raised Jesus Christ the Son from the dead just like he promised he would. And it's through repentance of our sins and faith in the work of Christ alone that we too can be reconciled to God and have all our sins washed away. Ladies, only the blood of Jesus can make us right with God and clean up our lives better than any Roomba ever could. When I repented from my sins and accepted this wonderful gift of eternal life, Then I, like John Denver's son Zachary, was adopted into a new family, the family of Jesus Christ. And this promise is true for you as well. So then, what does that mean? Can we expect that all of our earthly problems will be solved and we will always be happy? Well, no. Because, let's face it, 
While Andy Williams is right on many levels, Christmas can also be a very difficult time of year. And while my husband and I have been blessed with three amazing and wonderful children, I'm reminded of the Christmas season beginning in early December 2015, when our middle child, George, who was two and a half at the time, had just been diagnosed with autism. It was the chorus of a Christmas song I'd only heard for the first time that year that gave me hope during that difficult season. The refrain of Amy Grant's Breath of Heaven says this, Breath of Heaven, lighten my darkness. Pour over me your holiness, for you are holy. And there had certainly been many dark times in George's short life up to that moment. Behavior marked by constant rocking and screaming, a lack of speech and eye contact, and a rejection of physical touch, just to name a few. But God is faithful, and he showed himself to be the light in my darkness. And he used an army of professionals, my dear friends from church, and my family to come alongside us to give us the love and support we needed. But by Christmas of 2017, when our second son, Ralph, was also diagnosed with autism, I was feeling defeated. And I was wondering what on earth I had to do to get off the naughty list. If I had thought George was challenging, Ralph was seemingly God's version of, but wait, there's more. (laughs) And I was officially overwhelmed with life. As a kid, I used to listen to this Christmas album called The Birthday Party, and there's a song on it where the chorus says, what can I give to the king? Give to the one who has everything. What gift can I give? What gift can I bring? What can I give to the king? All I was presenting to the Lord during those difficult seasons of life were my frustrations, my heartache, my lack of trust, my exhaustion, I felt more like the little drummer boy who thought he had no gift to, get to bring that's fit to give our king than the three kings from the Orient bearing remarkable gifts to present to baby Jesus. The chorus of the song from the birthday party answers the question of what we can bring to the king. It says, Give him all glory, his people on earth. Give him all praises this day of his birth. Give him all honor in all that we do as he's given his life to you. When we trust that his will for our lives is his perfect plan for us, and when we accept that gift of life that he's given to us, that's when we start to feel more like the little drummer boy when after he's given the baby Jesus all he had, he was able to say, then he smiled at me, me and my drum. God has made his face to shine on us not because of our circumstances or from anything we offer to him, but because of his perfect love for us. Verse 3 of my favorite Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Yes, we will have trials in this life. Yes, there will be sadnesses and struggles. And sadly, yes, we will still be subjected to Mariah Carey's holiday music. And the 12 days of Christmas will continue to be the bane of my seasonal existence. And I, despite my own cancellation, will probably continue to pretend to know the words to Feliz Navidad. (laughs) We were never promised that this life would be easy. But for those of us who turn from our sins 
and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then what God does promise us is joy, pure, unadulterated, beautiful joy, even through the sorrows, and we will face many in this life. We can still have joy, joy in our fellowship with him and with other Christian friends, joy in serving Christ by serving and loving others, joy in knowing that we are loved, joy in knowing that through Christ we are forgiven, and joy in the assurance that when we die, we will spend eternity with Jesus, the very one whose season of his birth we celebrate together this morning. Oh, friends, seek him. Seek the one who loves you. Seek this Jesus who was born Savior and King. The final verse of Joy to the World says, He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Oh, friends, may you be inundated with glorious music of this season, and may you be surrounded with your own wonderful playlist of songs that reminds you of God's perfect love for you. Merry Christmas.